0: Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. You have your Bibles open with me to John fourteen, and uh, it's 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 always amazing to me uh, how God orchestrates the service and what He's put in my heart when I study and. How our worship team kind of just steps into that zone and just prepares a platform. And my wife, you know, my wife, she doesn't usually know what I'm going to preach unless I use her notes. And uh, we all know she's a little better preacher than I am, but uh, this is me to see how God orchestrates these, these services. And, and um, we know in our hearts here at Family Worship Center that God's doing a new thing. And, uh, you know, a new thing is something that's never been done before. Now, I don't think it's probably new to God, but it'll be new to us. And uh, I really believe in my whole heart, have a tremendous expectation that something is taking place in this house that's not only going to impact this area, but it's going to impact this nation. You know, and you look around, you say, well, Pastor, you know how many people you're ministering to right now, but do you know how many people God gave Gideon? Yes. You know, I, 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 I don't know about you, but I serve a big God. Yes. I, I serve a real big God, yes. you know. And uh, I'm not moved by, by numbers, you know, because all I need is one. That's right. The one. Yes. The Amen. I am that I am the great I am, El Shaddai, that's all I need, amen, because it's not really up to me anyway. And I, and I believe God's doing something very, very special here. So if you found John 14, say this with me today, I receive the word of God to profit me, reproof me, convict me, and instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished on all good works. So Jesus is speaking to his disciples here, and he makes this statement about laying your life down, and he's laying his life down, you know, and and spoke to Peter, you know, will you lay your life down for my sake? Most assuredly I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you've denied me three times. So interesting that Jesus said that, and then the next thing he said here is let not your heart be troubled. Now, this is not really a suggestion here. No. Look at it one more time. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. So Jesus is telling Peter, he said, Peter, look, you're going to miss it, okay? Don't, don't get bent out of shape. You're going to miss it. You know, it's, it's, you're okay. If you've missed it, you're still okay with God. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. But Peter, you're going to miss it. In other words, what Jesus is saying, this, he's saying, I know you're going to miss it. Okay, Peter? It's all right. I still love you. But don't let your heart be troubled. And then he went and said, he said, if you believe God, believe also me and my father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you I go prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself where I am. There you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas, probably one of my favorite characters in the Bible because he has the same name that I have. And I heard a message years ago, Thomas, without a doubt, and doubting Thomas, and God still loved Thomas, even though he had, you know, some, you know, carnality about him of, you know, I I need to see some things before I can believe some things. I was kind of that way myself. But uh, Thomas said to him, Lord, we, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? You know, one day we get up, and we're going to Capernaum, the next day we're going to you know uh uh you know maglinden and the next day we're going to another place and you know really it's kind of fun but we really never know where you're really going if you want to know the truth and so jesus had to put some things into a better perspective and he said to thomas he said i am i am the truth i am the way i am the truth and i am the life no one comes To the Father except through me. You know, I often think about no other full philosophical religion or leader of those religions ever said that, but Jesus said that. Muhammad didn't say that. Buddha didn't say that. Hare Krishna didn't say that. But Jesus said, I am. I'm the the way. I'm the truth and I'm the life. So Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. The Message Bible says it like this. Don't let this rattle you. You trust God, don't you? Trust me. There's plenty of room for you in my Father's home. In other words, I think what Jesus is trying to say here, and yes, I do believe that there are some glorious things when we get to heaven, but you know what? We're here right now, so we need to make every minute count. But I do believe there are some wonderful things in heaven that we're so unaware of. So, such a great place to spend eternity in. But he said, you know, I have room for you. There's room for you. There's room for you. There's still room for you. There's still room for you. There's still room for you. There's There's room for everybody. There is room for you. There's a place for you. Come on, somebody. So if you put this thing together, you, say, you see Jesus saying, now, Peter, you're going to miss it, but don't let your heart be troubled. And I'm going to let you know that there's still a place for you. You know, sometimes we feel like we've missed it so much or there are things going on so terrible that God can never do what we see in his word that he has done for others. One of the greatest challenges for people to receive their healing is this. And The, is, they, the people know that God heals. You know, I, I um, grew up with a, a young man. His dad was a doctor, and I asked him one day, you know, we're, we always had a 20-minute drive, you know, so we carpooled. And I asked him, I said, hey, you ever seen miracles? Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's some things that just are unexplained in the medical field. So, you know, we know we know that God heals, you know. We know God can heal, but see, here's the key: is we have to get to this place that our hearts not, are not troubled, so we know that God's already provided healing for us. Okay. Now, now it can be in an arrogant way. God, you know, I deserve to be healed. No, God justified me to be healed. There's a difference. He He put me in right standing. You know, if you're going to argue with anybody, you know, argue with God. You know, God said that my right, the, your righteousness is of me. The Word tells us that he made him, speaking of Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin in order that you may become the righteousness of God. So if you're, you're the righteousness of God, then you must be in right standing with God. And if you're in right standing with God, then why would you think God would withhold anything from you? So let's back up here. Peter, you're going to deny me here, but don't let your heart be troubled. I still have room for you. I still have a place for you. I, I, I'm still planning on blessing you. I, I, I'm not, yes, we are, we, we are being perfected according to the word of God, but you don't have to be perfect to receive from God. Tell your neighbor that's real good news. You don't have to be perfect. Don't let, don't let the things that are going on trouble you. You know, I missed it. I blew it. And, uh, you know, in my own personal life, you know, um, I, I hate to miss it. You know, I, I, I don't like tests. You know, I despise tests because, you know, I, I want to be perfect in everything I do. It's just the, m- my nature. And I'll never forget one time I, I missed it. And I was just really, you know, just down on myself. And, and it was just me and Vicky. And uh, this is when we were still living in Fort Worth, and she said, Tom, just get over it. <laughs> She's really good to tell me something I don't want to hear. <laughs> you know, it's okay. You know, God's forgiven. You need to let it go. And, and then when she went on to say, you'll probably miss it again. Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate that vote of confidence. But anyway, no, other words, you know, we, we, we can't be rattled by our own mistakes, Don't let your heart be troubled. Okay, we've all missed it. We've all fallen short. That's what the Word of God says. You know, we've all uh, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, but we know that He freely, freely, which means that, you know, we don't have to earn it, but freely justified us. Isn't that wonderful news? I tell you. And so when we get hold of this, we won't allow the things that has been in our past to affect what God has for us in our future. The Passion Translation says it like this. It says, don't worry or surrender to your fear. Don't worry or surrender to your fear, for you believe in God now, trust and believe in me also. So when we look at this, and I've done this series on let not your heart be troubled, I think one of the areas that, We sometimes as parents, and I'm not sure that everybody who came up here who was believing for someone's salvation is a parent, but nevertheless, we sometimes, you know, feel guilty. Well, I didn't raise my child right. Well, there are no perfect parents. And if there was, you still wouldn't have a perfect child. All right, so, you know you made mistakes they made mistakes we made mistakes you know but this is why it's so important that we not let our hearts be troubled because if our hearts are troubled the bible says that let the love of god uh, that's in your heart let that love let that be shed abroad okay so where is the love of god it's in you and if your heart's troubled it can't come out of you as much and you're going to have to start telling yourself look Okay, maybe I missed it. That's all right. God's forgiven me. I'm going to move on. But I'm not going to stop allowing who God is on the inside of me. I'm not going to hinder it. I'm not going to stop it from being released to other people's lives. And this is what happens so many times is that, you know, we begin to, you know, really uh, let our hearts be troubled because of things that are going on or things that are going on in other people's lives. Well, you know, I'm so troubled because my son's doing this, or I'm so troubled because my daughter's doing this, or I'm so troubled because my brother or my sister or, you know, somebody I am in God for, they're just, you know, I'm so troubled by it. Don't let your heart be troubled. Begin to start seeing that person living for God. Begin to start seeing that person live for God. In fact, taking the next step further and start beginning to talk that to that person as if they're already living for God. You know, I would venture to say that most people know that they're not living for God, that, you know, sometimes you want to grab them and shake them and saying, hey, you know, Jesus is coming any time right now. You better, get it, you better get it together, you know, and we're all tempted to do that. And maybe some people do need that to get right. Be led by the Spirit if you shake somebody. But anyway, you know, but bottom line is that, you know, the truth is the Word of God says it's the goodness of God that leads or draws somebody back to the things of God. You know, they know they're a snot nose when they smart off to you about your faith. They know that. You know, you don't have to hold, well, you disrespectful little thing, you whatever you want to call them, but, you know, they already know. You know, just respond in love don't let your heart be troubled and i found out that the no sooner than i give into my flesh then it opens the door for my heart to be troubled you know i just rather forgive and move on it makes my life just so much easier so let not your heart be troubled how do we do that well little review of some of the things i've shared abide in the word stay in the word you know, keep focus on the word. Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know, know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now listen, I just want to encourage you. There are some things that are facts, but the truth can change facts. It might be a fact that this person's not living for God, or there might be a fact there are some things going on, In your life or in a situation, that might be a fact, but the truth can change the facts. That's what we have to understand. God's Word is so powerful that it can change the facts. Let me give you an example. And they were past the medical, biological uh, ages of their life to have children. That was a fact. But what did the truth do? It changed it. They had a son, didn't they? Amen? Amen. It's a fact, and my wife said we're not believing for children at this age. But nevertheless, (laughs) it's all right with me. Yeah, kind of like being an empty nester. But anyway, but uh, no, uh, you know. But truth changes facts, and that's what we have to understand. And that's why it's so important. We abide in His Word. Jesus said, "If you abide in My Word, and My Word abides in you, you shall ask what you want." And it shall be done for you by my Father, which is in heaven. Wow, think about that. Word of God tells us in 1 John that if we have this confidence, we have this knowing that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, then we have, we already have those things which we ask. Well, what's one of the things that he hears more than anything else? His word. Because, you know, the Spirit of God's hovering over this earth. It's still here. It didn't leave, you know, Genesis 1, the Spirit of the Lord's hovering over the earth. It's still hovering over the earth. You know what it's doing? It's hovering over the earth to manifest the Word of God. So God's waiting for you to speak that Word. Don't let your hearts be troubled and, you know, well, I'm, 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 I'm just, you know, I don't, I don't know if I ever see it come to pass. No, no, don't, don't let your heart be troubled. Where you get to the point where you're not speaking word. Abide and speak the word of God. That's truth. And it will make the situation or make you free as you speak that word. Keep your mind on the Lord. Always keep your mind on the Lord. Perfect peace I give those whose mind uh, stays on thee. And so what is truth? Well, Jesus said, we just saw it. I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one ever comes to the Father except through me. Psalms 119 one sixty says, the entirety of your word, the entirety from Genesis all the way to Revelation is true. It's the truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endure forever. Jesus said, John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth and your word is truth. Well, now let's move to John 20 here. And I think this is the next area I want to get into on how not to let your heart be troubled. And that is to learn to live a life of forgiveness. You know, the sooner, you know, when something happens that violates you or uh, uh, offends you or uh, uh, disappoints you, the sooner you forgive, the sooner you can move on. Amen. You know, I think it's important that we learn a life of forgiveness aren't we uh, creating the image of our father you know doesn't he forgive so we just saw here in John 14 where he said to Peter hey you're going to miss it but don't let your heart be troubled I still have a place for you okay well why would he not do that for you we have to understand God wants that for us he wants that for other people so here in John 20 are you there yet Starting with verse 19, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled. Now, I want you to look at something. Something jumped out in my study today, or yesterday when I was studying this, for the fear of the Jews. That's the first time I've seen that. I've seen it a hundred times, but it's really jumped out at me this time. For what? The fear of the Jews. I, I, I think their hearts were troubled, don't you? Same, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. you now, Jesus didn't say, Now, I just want to let you know God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but the love, power, and a sound mind. Now, how many of you know that's truth? He, hasn't get, he, he didn't address their fear by speaking about what they were dealing with, he addressed their fear by giving them something to overcome their fear with. He gave them something to overcome with. And this is where we need to be at with people. We need to give them something to overcome. You know, I'll never forget, you know, my wife and I, you know, both, I had the opportunity to work in the Christian Academy. She was a secretary, and I was asked to be a substitute teacher, which ended up being a full-time position for the rest of that year. We had a young man in the church or in the school that she and I both prayed for. And, um, you know, he was like, no, I don't want anything to do with God. I have nothing to do with God. And so and one day I was talking to him. I said, you know, you're a good kid. He said, no. He said, no, Mr. Luther, I'm not good at anything. And I said, so I went to the Lord, I said, Lord, I got to be able to break through with this kid or something. So one day, you know, it was just he and me, I said, I said, John, I said, I'm going to let you know something. I said, I know something you're good at. He goes, what? I said, you're good at being bad. <laughs> well, now that's true. But I found something to, you know, encourage him in, not that I was encouraging him to be bad, but something to... Help build him up, he really noticed that there was, I was paying attention. I was listening to him. Eventually, that young man got saved. I got a letter two or three years later. Mr. Luther, I'm in the Navy. I gave my heart to the Lord, but I'll never forget how you believed in me. See, people are looking to be validated. They're looking to be encouraged. You know, and we allow our hearts to be troubled, then we're focusing on the wrong things that they're doing, not the right things that they could be doing or the right things they are doing, you know, and we can't validate them that way. So it's so important that we just learn how to validate people and how to really give them God's best. Isn't the very Spirit of God on the inside of us? You know, I, 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 you know... I don't ever recall very often, just just once or twice in my life, where I, I I heard a firm chastisement from the Lord in my spirit. But most of the time, you know, when God chastised me, it's almost it's almost like there's a better way of doing this, or well, let me show you a better way of doing this. Let me show you how to how to be victorious in this particular area of your life. So here in John chapter. 20 finishing on when he had said this he showed them his hands and his side then the disciples were glad when they saw the lord and so jesus said to them again peace to you peace to you so if we really understand the word peace it means to be made whole it's complete it's the fullness of god he is he's doing what he's not just saying something Because when Jesus spoke, you have to understand, he was imparting into them the completion of God, the wholeness of God. Did you know that when you speak to someone, you're imparting into them? You're you're releasing something into them? You know, the, 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 the very spirit, and I know I've referred to this two or three times a day, but the very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. That that's powerful, and that power is in you, and it's released as you speak out those things which are of God. And when you speak out the love of God, the validation of God, the encouragement of God, the peace of God, you're releasing His spirit in part into that person you're speaking into. Isn't that powerful? Amen. I mean, you can change a situation just like that by speaking truth into the situation. Let's let's have some peace here. Peace. So he spoke it to him again. Peace to you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. Now, let's just back up and look back again at John 14 one more time. Peter, you're going to miss it. Don't let your heart be troubled. I still have a place for you. What is Jesus saying here? Peace. So, So what you got in fear? He didn't address their fear. He addressed it, but not saying, you know, man, you guys, your fear is going to be the stumbling block. It's going to hinder. No, he didn't say that. He said peace. He replaced the fear with peace by speaking it into them. And so he spoke that peace into them, and he said, and as the Father sent me, guess what? He still has a place for you. I'm sending you. I'm giving you. I'm giving you an assignment. Now, one minute, they're all huddled, thinking that, you know, it's all over. They don't know what future they have. And then the next minute, Jesus appears. He speaks peace into them twice. And he said, and there's still a place for you. Those things that I've showed you. You know, he did send them out two by two, and they did miracles, didn't they? They said, we even saw... You know, some of these things happen, you know, people getting healed. And and he said, these works that I do, so shall you do in greater. Now, we were at uh, the Billy Brim Assembly, and uh, one of the folks received an offering. And uh, when they received that offering, they said, you know, God can multiply this. And so we're, you know, we received, the the offering was received, and we're going on. All of a sudden, there was like, hey, stop, guess what happened? They went and rechecked the buckets. And the teaching was that Jesus multiplied the two loaves and the fishes and picked up 12 baskets. And they said, after we counted the offering, we went through the buckets again, and we found 13 buckets. After we went through everything and emptied it, we found 13 buckets with money in it. Now, one, okay, you missed a check or two, but 13, God multiplied that offering. And so I was talking to the gentleman who received the offering. I said, you need to come to our church every Sunday. <laughs> and he didn't think of this. I said, these works, and he does, and greater. Jesus had 12, you had 13. Come on, somebody. I mean, I could just dance over that. This is the position God wants you in. Don't let your heart be troubled and stop you or hinder that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells in you to be an impartation into all you come in contact to. Listen, the very spirit of light is on the inside of you. And everywhere you go, you drive out darkness you release a peace so they're not enslaved to the sin that they're in. And they feel so good about being around you that they're going, Oh, one of these days I want to be just like them. Amen. And I believe that with my whole heart. Amen. Because greater, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So don't let your hearts be troubled. You're making a difference. You're, you're blazing A trail because of the light of God that's on the inside of you. You're showing them the way by just showing up. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let some of the things that you see hinder you from stepping out there and pouring out the love and the presence of God wherever you go. And he went on to say to them, and he breathed on them, receive the Holy Spirit. So this time he got close enough, when he spoke, his breath came upon him, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now look at this, verse 23, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. Hmm. Didn't Jesus show us, I think it's back in Matthew 9, I'm not real sure, but when the guy who uh, was a, a paralegic guy, Jesus walked up to him and said, pick up your bed and walk for your sins are forgiven. You know, and they're like, whoa. Oh, who does he think he is? The religious people. I can see the horns start sprouting out of their heads. Hmm. What they were really thinking was that he was becoming more popular than they were, and they didn't want to lose the control of the people. Who does he think? He Who has the right to forgive but God? Well, sir, if you have your eyes open up, you'd realize you're in the presence of God. He is God, you know. But Jesus said, so that you may know that the Son of God, I mean the Son of Man, excuse me, not God, the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins. And whenever you see Jesus talk about the Son of Man, he's trying to tell you that as a man, Not as a deity, but as a man. So the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins. He said, Sir, you're healed. Go ahead and pick up your bed and walk. But what was it that that man needed to hear? He needed to hear that. Don't let your heart be troubled. God's merciful. God's not holding this sin against you or whatever you think he's holding against you that's trying to hinder you from receiving your healing. God's not mad at you. Tell your neighbor that's good news. Aren't you glad God's not mad at you? God's not mad at you. God's not holding. God's not doing this to you. So you're forgiven. Okay? Get hold of that so that you can receive. What is it that that person that you're praying for needs? So if you forgive the sins of any, they're, they're forgiven. If you retain the, sin, the sins of any, they are retained. And so Jesus is teaching us and teaching his disciples, hey, use your authority. Use what God I have given you. Release that same spirit of mercy and love. Just release that to all those you come in contact to. And watch God change the hearts of people. So here in 21, John 21, and we'll just start... Uh, Here in verse 3, so Peter, this is one of my favorite sayings of Peter, he said, I'm going fishing. And uh, they said to him, well, we'll go with you also. So they went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night caught nothing. But when morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know him, that was Jesus. And Jesus said, children, have you any food? And they answered, no. No. Not been a good day to fish. And he said, well, cast the net. Now, I don't have time to teach on this right now. Maybe I will a little later on. But the first time Jesus did this great miracle in the area of fishing, he said, cast out the nets. And because he was persistent and Peter was like a little doubtful, he just cast out a net. But, you know, Jesus came to him and said, you know, hey, this is where you're at. This is where your faith is at. So just cast out the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast out the net, and they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. And now when Simon heard this, it was the Lord. He put on his outer garment, for he had removed it and plunged in the sea. But the other disciples came, a little, uh, came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, about 200 cubits, dragging the net with the fish. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw fires of coals, there and fish laid on it and bread and jesus said bring some of the fish which you have just caught so what was there fire of coals so let's just again look at some things back to john 14 jesus said peter you're going to deny me don't let your heart be troubled god still has a plan for your life where was it that jesus i mean peter denied the lord at in the court huddled around a fire isn't that right? I, I I truly believe that when Peter came up, saw the fire, there's a saying that happens to many of us called the law of association, that that fire could have just triggered inside of Peter's heart or his mind or his thinking that, you know what, and I'm here and I'm in the presence of the Lord, but yeah, I don't know if God could ever use me. I mean, I, I denied him, you know? And this is why I think... Jesus has given us this example of hearing it again. You know, faith comes by hearing, not just heard, but hearing and hearing the word of God. He's given us this example. So Peter need to hear this again. And so let's see what Jesus said here. He said, so they'd eaten breakfast. And uh, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? What was it that Peter said? I'll die for you. I'll give my whole being to you. I'll lay it all down for you. But when it came to the opportunity to do that, what did he do? When he was confronted, he denied him. And isn't it interesting that Jesus used the word agapeo, which means God's kind of love, God's kind of dedication, God's kind of you know, a uh, passion for a situation. And so Peter answered it this way. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. But the love that Peter used was phileo. Peter, you know, one of the meanings for that word phileo means I approve. I, 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 I consent. I, I, I'm joining in, but I'm not quite where you think You know, I thought I was at one time. And and so Jesus said, feed my lambs. Well, the word feed my lambs there, it means this. It means to tend to or promote the good welfare of all the new converts or young people such as youth. We need to tend to our children. We need to tend to our youth also. And also those who are young converts in the Lord. So Jesus asked him a second time, "Time, Simon, Jonah, uh, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? You know, and so, you know, isn't this something that Jesus is going back and forth from, he called him Peter at one time, but now he's calling him Jonah. And the reason is that is basically what Jesus is saying. He's saying, Peter, in your own strength, you're Jonah. But in my strength, you're Peter. So are you going to be in your own strength, son of Jonah, or are you going to be in the strength that I call you to be in? And so he said, Simon, Jonah, do you love me? And again, same thing, same love, agape. And uh, Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, tend my sheep. Well, to tend my sheep means, you know, portray of a pastoral duty. In other words, take care of the flock. Watch over the flock. Minister to the flock, nourish the flock. But then he said to him a third time, "Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me?" But this time, when he said love, it is the filial love. In other words, Jesus related to where Peter was, which tells me that God can relate to where you're at. God knows where you're at, and He's not finished with you yet. So the third time. Do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, You know all things. God, you know. You know where my heart's at. You know it's a of love. You know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, Feed my sheep, which again, you know, is a portraying of the welfare of the members of the church and even those sheep who are outside the church. So Jesus validated Peter by reassuring that Peter's denial had nothing to do with dismissing his purpose or his calling. Go back. Don't let your heart be troubled. Peter, you're going to deny me, but let not your heart be troubled. I still have a place for you. Jesus validated Peter by reassuring him that God hasn't given up on him. And today I want to encourage you and this is the way I was going to go, but I was going to encourage you, God hasn't given up on the people you're believing for. He's still agreeing with you. Don't give up. It's not time to stop or quit, but it's time to press into God even more and say, God, use me if you need to. Use somebody else if you need to. But no matter what, I'm going to stand in the gap because I love them. And I'm going to use my authority. You said, whosoever sins, I forgive. They're forgiven. I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to ask you, and I say it like this, because of my understanding of this, but baptize them in the mercy of God. Let them just experience your presence in a way they've never experienced your presence before. Let them experience you. Let them experience your goodness, for it's the goodness of God that brings a person to, to the Lord or causes a person to want to have a change of heart. Amen. That's God's plan. So if it's not happening yet, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe God, believe Jesus, believe the word, keep speaking the word. Don't give up, don't quit. Dig your heels in and just keep pressing in. Amen? Amen. Did you raise your hand? You didn't raise your hand. You got something? You don't have something. You might have something. <laughs> I, I do think you do have something, but hang on a second here, okay? So don't, don't give up. We're a team, in case you don't know that. We're, we just kind of flow together here, and, uh, and I really think you have something. But anyway, um, well, all right. But uh, anyway, but don't give up. Don't quit. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let what they do trouble your heart. Mm -hmm. You know why? They're coming out. They're coming out. And that should be your confession. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org, or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.